Glory be to God. Man, it's good to look at the faces of the saints. Oh, man. Look at your faces. Oh, my goodness. Wonderful people of the Lord. Wonderful people of the Lord. Oh, it's good to be among brothers and sisters of the Lord. It is so good. Wow. Well, we've been talking about uncommon faith, right? People living, don't call what God's called common uncommon, right? And I mean, it's just, we've just been hearing message after message on Wednesdays. And it has just been so exciting to listen to it. And I just want you to know that we're going to talk about praise tonight, okay? Because people of faith praise the Lord and they do it at certain situations and the world looks at you and they think you're in some kind of la-la land. They think you're in some kind of dementia problem. They think you have a reality problem and you need a reality grip. They have no clue that the body of Christ has learned a long time ago, I ain't alone. Jesus is in my midst. He is in the midst of me. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise your holy name. Oh, my goodness. In in Exodus, when Moses said, show me your glory, he says, I'm going to proclaim my name to you. I'll show it to you through my name. I'm going to proclaim my name. And you said, the Lord, the Lord. And then you said, merciful. You said, loving kindness. You said, generations, Jesus. Through, I mean, Father, through you. You said it through your word. You said it through your word. You said the Lord, the Lord. You said the name. We've learned about the name this week. It's the name. It's the name. We have the name in the name of Jesus. And you began to say your own name, Lord. You began to say your name. And you began to say it has mercy. It has truth in the name of Jesus. It sets people free. It sets them free. And Moses sat there and listened to that, Lord. Oh, Lord, and you use the word hesed in there, which means covenant, which means I'm going to make covenant with you. God making covenant with man? I mean, coming into a covenant with man? And we receive that, Father. So tonight, we're going to praise your name. We're going to learn about praise. We're going to learn what it means to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Psalms 33, verse 1. Psalms 33, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. And by the way, let me tell you something about this Bible, okay? This book. Because Pastor Justin's led a hit on this many times about how it's been collected and written over time, right? Do you know this King James Version, which is the one I use? Do you, do you know a man named William Tyndall? Have you ever heard of William Tyndall? Okay. This man gave his life to translate this into English so that you and I could read it. Because in the time he was alive, which is in the 1500s, Unless you weren't educated, if you had to be educated and appointed by the king and appointed by the church before you could even talk about the Bible. And if you and I got caught speaking any verses of the Bible, our family would be burned at the stake. Yes, burned at the stake. And William Tyndall wanted to be a minister. He wanted to share the word of the Lord. And he wanted this book into English. And he says, and he said to the clergy at that time in England, he says, I want it so that the common kid out there in the field plowing knows more about this book than you do. And they got mad at him. I mean, they all got mad. The guy was an international outlaw living over in different countries in Europe, printing this thing into English so that we could read this, read this thing. I mean, my goodness, that is how powerful this is. So I just want you to know what it took to get this book into English. And then the king that killed him, and he prayed for him while he was being burned at the stake. And he said, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see the truth. 
And 70 to 80% of this translation was the work that he did. They first attacked him and said it wasn't accurate. And then when they took his work and they looked at it, they said it's accurate. And they translated it, and then every book was, and then they made it in English. The king put it into English. And, um, oh, this is the word of God, folks. I mean, this book right here is outlawed in other nations. I'm telling you, people, why do you think the devil wants to stop this? Because the second you find out who you are and whose you are in Christ Jesus, he's done. I mean, he is done. So this, I mean, this is why we praise him. So Psalm 33, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord. Glory, And that word rejoice is a battle shout, like in war. Rejoice in the Lord, right? Psalms 5, 11, and 12. Let those who put their trust in the Lord rejoice. Let them shout for joy because you, Lord, defend us. Let those who put trust in his name, we're talking about the name, also rejoice because you surround us with favor as a shield. Oh, man. But look at this. It says, you, the righteous, for praise is commonly for the upright. And then... I'm just going to read Psalms 147.1 that says, Praise you the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praises calmly. There's that word again. What does that word mean? Well, I took the Christian man named Webster, and I looked it up in his dictionary that he, under the influence of God, and it's decent, suitable, proper, becoming of a, of a Christian. It's becoming. Of a Christian to do this. Oh, and Pastor Annette would like this. She was here. Suited to the time. Right? Suited to the time. Okay? And then it also means this. Uh, places or circumstances. Okay? In other words, it's, it's what's expected of you. It's your part of the covenant. I learned this about praise. It's my part of the covenant. It's my part of the covenant. I boast in the Lord. I boast in Him. Oh, boy, I boast on Him. I had people ask me, how do you do it? I mean, how? Why does God bless you? I mean, a lot of the guys are more intelligent than I am, more smarter and all this. I'm getting all these promotions. I'm going into all these different jobs. I said, it's Jesus. They're like, no, really, who do you know? Who do you know? I'm telling you, it's the Lord. And I'd boast in him. Oh, I'd boast in him. Oh, man, I'd praise his name and boast in him. Mm. It's becoming of us to praise the Lord. It's becoming of you to praise the Lord when you're at your workplace, when you're going out, when you're at home, especially when circumstances come up. It's your opportunity to boast on the Lord. Oh, the devil hates it. God inhabits praise, right? Mm. Praise, and we learn this from the Lord through Dr. Savell. And when I heard this, I just really loved it. Praise is the highest form of faith. Oh, my goodness. When you're standing on something and you've already released it and decreed it and you begin praising the Lord for it and people around you can't understand why you're praising Him and why you're saying you're healed and you're calling things that be not to their eyes as though they are and then you show them that's how God created the heavens and the universe by faith. That's what it says in Hebrew 11. It's by this wisdom in Proverbs chapter 3 that He even created everything. When you start reading Proverbs 3, it's by this wisdom that He established the heavens. It's by faith. It's by trusting and believing and calling those things what they are even though around you they're not. And I had a friend tell me one time, you're lying. And I said, no, I'm not lying. He says, yes, you are lying. I go, no, I'm not lying. Faith is assurance. It's my hope. I know it. Faith is the substance that's on the inside of me. I know it's going to come to pass. I know it on the inside of me, right? You call things that be not as though they are, right? Because the supreme commander of heaven, the supreme court of heaven says, this is how I establish the universe. 
this is how it is. You have legal rights. You have rights as a citizen of heaven. Find it in the book and then tell the devil what it is. Say it to the situation. Speak to it. And I did it all. And I do it through praise. I'll start getting the word and I'll start meditating on it, right? Then I'll just begin to start praising them over. I'll take the word of God and start praising the Lord with it. I'll start praising the Lord with it. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. You said in your word that if I put and rejoice and put faith in your name, you surround me with favor like a shield. And I'll just start saying it. And I'll just start walking around. And I'll start praising the Lord with it. And I'll start reading it back to him. Lord, this is your word. You said it. So I'll start celebrating it. Mm, Hallelujah. Dr. Savell said it puts you in position to receive the outpouring of God's favor and God's blessing. Oh, 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 boy, did I want that. Man, did I need that. I'm telling you, my life changed ever since when I got that. It gives manifested life to your covenant. Mm. It proclaims the heavens and to the, you proclaim to the heavens, everything in heaven and everything on the earth, that your life is established, established in the hands of the Father's covenant. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is the stuff I get when I meditate on the Lord and, and I start praising his name. I'm in the hands of the Lord. I'm in his hands, devil. Pastor Justin was talking about it on Sunday. He is my refuge and he is my fortress. And I run into his presence and I stand on that promise and I begin to praise him. Even though the situation don't look like it, I begin to praise him for it. I had a dream one time. Man, when I got divorced, uh, I'm not even going to get into it, the the trouble I got in. Financial, all this stuff that was going on. I have this dream one night. I get born again. I get baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I'm crying out to the Lord. And I'm taking these scriptures. And I'm praising his name. And I'm boasting on him at my home, right where I'm at. That apartment place I was living in. At that time, I was a captain in the Air Force. And and I'm in Cape Cod. I'm in Massachusetts. And uh, on the Massachusetts Military Reservation, working at one of them giant radars that look out there for missiles and, and track satellites. And um, I'm sitting there at home, and I begin praising the Lord. And that night I have this dream. And there's this big, ugly, black tornado forming right above me, right? And it's starting to come down on me. And I take off running in that dream. I mean, it's, it's elbows and feet, man. I'm running as fast as I can. And this thing gets, it's gaining on me and gaining on me. And I can see people standing way out there waving me on. Come here, come here. And I'm like running and I'm like, I ain't ever going to make it. I just will not make it to this place. So I stop. There's, there's just not enough time. All of a sudden, something hits me on the shoulder, and I turn around and look, and there's, there's, there's someone standing there. And this, there's a building right next to me, and the door opens. And so I run into that building, and I get inside of it, and there's rattling, and there's thundering going on and everything. And, I, and all of a sudden, it stops. It's all quiet, and I walk outside. And there are these beautiful fields of wheat, just beautiful golden wheat. You know, it seemed like, like it says in the song, as, as high as an elephant's eye, you know. And um, I'm looking at it, and I see these, this big slab, this big foundation. And I see these tractors out there building this foundation. And I got up from that dream, and I said, Lord, I know what it is. You're my refuge and my fortress. I'm in this fix. I'm in this problem. But, I'm, but my faith is on you. And I've got a firm foundation now. And you're building on that foundation. And I can see all the wheat. And I can see my future. Oh, man. He, oh, I got so excited. And it all came from praise. It all came from just praising the Lord, just taking his word and praising it back to him. Just doing that, okay? We're going to go to Psalms 146. And the reason why I want to go to Psalms 146 is because the Holy Spirit had me go here. I was just like, what? And I was like, I'm just having a good time with the Lord over the weekend. 
And um, the reason why I picked one, Psalms 146 and the Holy Spirit had me do it was is because it was written at a time when Israel was in captivity. We don't even know who the author is of this. We just know it was written in a time of captivity. So Psalms 146. Hallelujah. Psalms 146. Hallelujah. This is the Word of God. Every time you get into the Word of God, expect to receive. Expect to receive. And it starts off in verse 1. And it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, O my soul. This is an invitation, folks. It's an invitation to get together, to join from your inner man. It's your opportunity to boast in the Lord. Something the devil can't stand. It's a right. You have a right to walk in to the presence of the Lord. He's in you. He's in you. You have a right to stand in the presence of God and praise Him. You have a right to declare His name. Man. Verse 2. While I live, I will praise the Lord. There's no turning back, folks. I I have kingdom rights. You know, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will praise Him with every breath I have. I will praise Him in every situation. I will praise Him when I'm standing for what I'm believing. I will praise Him for what the Word says in my life. I'm going to praise Him, right? I will sing praises unto my God, unto Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. I will, have, I will sing praises to them, and I will do it with all my being. So I do what David did. I talk to my mind. I say, hey, look, mind, I know you were designed... <clears throat> To help me interact with creation, right? Body, you were designed to help me to interact with creation. And you're doing a good job. And you're telling me what's going on around me. But hey, I got a spirit and I got a will. I'm going to tell you now what we're going to do in this situation. You don't understand, but my spirit man does. And I got the mind of Christ. So now I'm going to tell you, being, what we're going to do. So praise the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. We're going to bless his holy name. Body, we're going to bless the name of the Lord. Head, I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to praise his name. Yeah, but don't you know what's going on around you? Yeah, I'm, Listen, shut up. You weren't designed to fix that situation. The word of God, which God established in the heavens, that's what was designed to fix the situation. That's why I'm going to stand on it in the name of Jesus. You're just a suit, body. You're just an instrument. So I listen to you, and I take the input you give me, but I judge it against the Word of God to see if it lines up with the Word of God because that's all the devil can do. All he can do is con you out of what this book says. Oh, hallelujah. So I'm going to praise the Lord with all my being. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to shout and praise Him because the devil hates praise. Mm. Create an inward flow. It comes from the inside and let it flow from the outside. You make tunes. You make notes. Use music. You know, that word praise can be used either for the word music or it can be used for the word tones or it can be used for the word mouth. You know, that's why sometimes it's bad to listen to some of that rock and roll that's out there because of the noise it makes. Right? Who, who here used to live, live Van Halen, right? ACDC, Def Leppard, right before I got born again, all that stuff. You know, oh, my goodness. Those are tunes and, and notes that are going out, right? With a spirit behind it, right? Oh, boy. That, my wife and I, had we had what we call a CD burning. I mean, I took all my CDs and my DVDs out there, and we bam, 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 bam. Take that, devil. Wham, wham, wham. And I beat every one of those things out, and I said, I'm not going back to that ever again. Amen. Hallelujah. You, sometimes you just got to do something like that. Do whatever the Lord's leading you. You got to do something that your mind can see you doing it and your body can see you're serious. You know, and the devil would say, man, this, this cat's for real, man. Um, mm. 
Mm. All right, look at verse 3. Don't put your trust in princes. Okay, now you've got to really meditate on this. Nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. Okay, so Adam sinned, he fell, right? So there's a fallen nature. I was a sinner, but now I've been raised with Jesus. And I've been seated with him. Don't rely on the arm of the flesh anymore. Now that doesn't mean I don't listen to... to, to it doesn't mean I don't look at the situation and see what's going on. I see what's going on in the situation, but I come before the Lord with it. I say, Lord, this is what's going on, okay? I know what your word said. This is what's going on. I'm just not going to put my confidence in it, okay? I'm going to listen, and as I hear, like what Pastor Justin's been going over, I judge. That's when I make my decision. I'm going to make a decision after I've been spent some time with the Lord, right? So if the, if the Lord directs you to do something, do it. I don't care how stupid it sounds. Or just do it, okay? He told Peter to go get money out of a fish's mouth, right? To his mind, it's not going to make any sense. Just do it, okay? God, that's why he's God. He's in the business of, if he has to change nature, he'll change it. If he has to make something happen in creation that has never happened before, that defies the laws of science and defies the law of gravity, he's going to do it for you. He stopped the moon. He made the sun go backwards. I mean, he, he'll do it, okay? So don't put your trust in the Son of Man. Don't put it in there. Or in princes. There are experts out there. God bless them. They're in their field, okay? I acknowledge that. I'm not against it, okay? But there is a limitation to what they can do. I'm not going to put my trust or confidence in there. I'm going to put my trust and my confidence in the Lord, right? It says no hope, no rescue, no deliverance, no answer, no covenant of life. There's no obligation, basically, for the Lord to respond if you're putting your trust in the flesh. That was really big to me when I was reading Psalms 91. And he says, you know, because, and and David says a vow in Psalms 91 when you get to verse 9. He says, I've made a vow to you, Lord, that you're my refuge and my fortress now. So anytime there's an epidemic going on or there's something deadly going on, I dial 911. Psalms 91.1. That's my 911. And I dial it, right? I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, right? So I get to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And that's when I start talking to the situation and I start talking to my body. Look. Guys, look, I'm not going to rely on the arm of the flesh. I'm going to rely on the word of the Lord, right? right? That's who I'm going to rely on. Oh, man, I tell you, people will think you're crazy when you do this. But then they start looking at you. Why is it happening? And then you begin to tell them that they can have it, and then they want it. This is is how the church is going to open. Oh, man, I'm telling you. We just had a guy get a heart attack. And now there's no sign of blockage in him. We had a police officer get shot three times. He should be dead right now. And he's walking around. And you know what? In the name of Jesus, I believe that that body's going to spit that bullet out. I, I believe it in the name of Jesus. I believe he's going to get that thing out of there. I, I believe the doctors are going to be amazed. They're going to say, what just happened? that's impossible for the body to do it. Man, one time I got bit by a tick, right? And that thing just all, you know, big, all red in there. I said, spit that thing out in the name of Jesus. And it got all big and red and it spit it out. Well, if that can happen, right? Why can't it do it to a bullet? You know, why, why do we limit ourselves, right? It's like, Lord, I understand what medical science is. Medical science says it can't come out. But what do you say, Dr. Jesus? What do you say, creator of the universe, right? Tell me what to do. Because I believe that thing's coming out of there. In the name of Jesus. And and I'm looking forward to his testimony when he says it, because I'll be praising the Lord. Well, I sure was praising the Lord when when, when he gave that testimony on Sunday. Woo, 
boy, was I praising the Lord. Oh, man. Take that, devil. Ha! In the name of Jesus. Mm. Mm. His breath, right? In verse 4, his breath. The hopelessness of the fallen, right? It'll go forth. It returns to the earth. And in that very day, his thoughts perish. Verse 5. Let's go to verse, oh, there's that word happy. What's that word mean? It means blessed, right? Woo, blessed is he that hath the God of Jacob, okay? For his help, okay? Whose hope is in the Lord his God. Oh, man, that, 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 just, just ponder on that for a second. You're blessed. You don't have to live in a curse anymore. I mean, when I read that in Proverbs 3, you know, you get in verse 23, 24, you know, you start getting in there. It says, you don't have to be afraid when fear comes. It opened my eyes. It's okay if fear comes to you. It, hey, that's what your body's going to do. It's going to react to the news. It's going to try to be fearful, right? It's a body. It's like a goat, right? You got to train it, right? Seriously, I mean, that's what I learned when I was meditating with the Lord. It's like a, a pet. You got to train the thing, right? You got to train your body. Because it says in Hebrew, you can train yourself on the word of God. You can train yourself to be skillful, and your body will even start to react to it. That's powerful, right? Mm. Oh, blessed is the man whose trust is in them, right? You have kingdom rights. You have kingdom inheritances. We can use them. We can call on it, right? Verse 6, which made heaven and earth. Remember, he established the universe this way. Ah, hello, my God, who I'm in covenant with, who I have his name, right? His name. What happened? Hey, we just had draft day, right? We just had draft day. What did they give those guys that were picked number one? Oh, they gave them a jersey, right? What was on that jersey? Their name, right? But what, uni- what, what emblem was on that uniform? The team's uniform, right? The team's emblem, right? Ooh, when you got born again, God gave you the number one jersey. He put his name on your back, right? He put his stamp on you, and then he shows you off to the world. Look at this. This is my son. This is my daughter. Number one draft. No, and I'm going to use you. I'm going to give you the playbook, and I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to use you. Mm. Ooh, thank you, Lord. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is therein, right? Which keepeth truth forever. What was that song we were singing? Brother Danny, right? Perpetual, forever. Generations. Your kids, your grandkids, right? Oh, Pastor Justin, on Sunday, when he said generations, and he started getting into that, you see, my wife and I, when we got together, I said, this is it on my family. I'm not going to get into my family. But I said, this is the end. It's like Abraham. I want my family to turn around. It's not going to happen anymore. I had drug addicts in my family. I had, I'm just not going to get into it, right? The, the things that happened in my family. Oh, my goodness. And where I came from. I mean, you see me dressed like this now. You should have seen me before I got born again and went into the military. Oh, my and um, you'd be, you would not believe where I came from, right? <laughs> and, uh, mm. and I said, Lord, I said, if you can do it for Abraham, you can do it for my generation. You can do it for my kids and my kids' kids. Don't you ever talk bad about your kid. You, you speak blessings over your children in the name of Jesus. I'm already praying for the wives of my other two sons. Oh, and we, we give glory to God when the Lord does things for my kids. We give glory to the Lord. I teach them to give glory to the Lord. Now, there's some more things that they need to learn, but I'm praying for them. I said, Lord, if you send me to other people's kids, I know you're going to send people to my kids in the name of Jesus. So I just, I handed it over to the Lord. And that's, oh man, I just put it in his hands. So, mm, yes. 
it's your generations, okay? Now, verse 7, when we get to verse 7, oh, listen to this, everybody. He executes judgment for the oppressed. Now, he said that in Psalms 103 also. What does that tell you? Executing justice, executing what's right for the oppressed. You belong to Jesus. And if there's a situation you're in, and I don't care who it is, whether it be the government, whoever it is, right? If you do it like Daniel did, and you in humbleness, and you do it in love like Jesus said, right? I'm telling you, he will execute justice for you. He will ex- and we're going to see this in the scriptures here. He's going to decree and create a favorable outcome for you. For you, you have that right. And it's right there in the scriptures. These guys are in exiles when he's writing it. Okay, so what's the Lord telling them? Yeah, you're in exile, but I'm with you. Look at, look at Esther, right? Look what happened. Read Ezra, right? Read Nehemiah, okay? Look at Daniel's life and what happened. Daniel purposed in his heart that he was going to stay strong on these words and he wasn't going to stop his lifestyle just because he was in exile. And Nebuchadnezzar, they, could, they tried to kill the guy and couldn't kill him, right? <clears throat> Folks, there is a level that you can stand in, and it doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter what the government does. The Lord means all sufficient one, right? Mm, when you're walking in love and there are things going around you, you don't have to live in it. You don't have to take... Now, the devil's, gonna try, the devil's got people out there. He's going to try to test you, right? You want to see if you're for real or not, right? That's, he, is, this, is this guy, you know, in the sandbox, is he afraid? If I push him, is he gonna, is she gonna move or he gonna move, right? You know, is, what's he gonna do when I, when I do something? Man, you stand there in the name of the Lord and pop him one with his name that you're allowed to use, right? And like I said, this guy's for real. This girl's for real, man. And, uh, things start happening when, when you do that. He does that for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. He looses the prisoners. And then what we were saying, those chains are gone, man. Jesus said, you don't have to be in darkness anymore. Oh, when I read that. Oh, when I saw that. Mm, I I don't want it anymore, right? He'll make a way. The Lord, in verse 8 here, the Lord will open the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises them that are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Wouldn't that what Jesus said? He said, poor man, you don't have to be poor anymore. Sick man, you don't have to be sick anymore. You know, broken hearted person, you don't have to be broken hearted, downtrodden anymore. You don't have to let the devil put his neck, foot on your neck and put your face in the mud anymore. You can get up, you can dust yourself off, and you can walk in the love of the Lord and be surrounded and wrapped in that light. Mm. Verse 9. This, this part right here, verse 9, they were strangers at that time. Okay, now the Lord commanded them to be nice to strangers, right? Okay, but he's talking to them right now, being strangers in a foreign land with a foreign government that does not abide by the rules of the Lord, okay? I want you to key in on this. The Lord preserves the strangers, okay? His promises and his life and his favor will keep you securely clutched in his hand, okay? In his blessing. That's you and me. We are children of God, the righteous children of the Lord. Because of Jesus, I'm righteous. Not because of me. I didn't raise myself and seat myself there. That was mercy and truth that did that. God decided to do that. 
to put me in the same spirit, to give me one spirit with Jesus and to raise me up and to lift me up and to let me be seated with him. Hey, I had to learn something. I'm not seated next to Jesus. That's not what Paul said in Ephesians 2. I'm seated with him. Oh my, he's the head, but we're the body. When you understand that, when you know whose you are and who who, who is yours, when you know that, oh my, oh my, you see things differently. I boast on Jesus. I boast on his righteousness. I boast on what he did for me. I know he'll do it for me. I know he'll get me through this situation. I know he's forgiven me of my sins. I know grace is on the inside of me. 1 John chapter 1. I fellowship with light. I walk in the light as he's in the light. So when darkness tries to come, I ain't going to do what it says. And if it does, if I do for some stupid reason, listen to it and follow it, I got grace on the inside of me and the Lord will tell me, Hey, you got to get that out of your life and I'll hear it and I'll obey and I'll say, forgive me, Lord, and I'll get it out. Right. But if I don't, I'm going to start deceiving myself. And then the truth isn't in me. Right. Because if the truth was in me and I was doing something wrong and I heard the Holy Spirit, I'd confess that sin. See, just because I did something doesn't mean I'm not righteous in him okay and i learned in the bible when they translated this thing there's sin for being in iniquity there's sin for doing a transgression and then there's sin for missing the mark and then there's something called the nature of sin and he got rid of that in my life so when the devil tries to come and impress me he preserves me right he preserves me he relieveth the fatherless and the widow but the way of the wicked their ways and their establishment oh listen to this he turns it I want you to get a picture of the muscle man that takes that big bar and just goes, and his big old muscles flexing and throws that thing down and clanks on the ground. He'll turn it no matter how strong it seems, no matter how impossible it seems. He'll turn that thing and he'll do it right in front of their eyes. He'll do it right in front of them. Okay. Right in front of the devil for you. And then throw that thing down. And when I was meditating on this, the word that came up was untenable. Which means it's undefendable. Which means people will look at it and they'll say this. That was wrong. Not only is it wrong, it has no might in it. And he turns it. Now, I read this one time in Ecclesiastes 7.13. And I'm just going to say it to you. It says, consider the work of God for who can make something straight, which he made crooked. When God does something, when he executes righteousness for you and you're being oppressed and he eat that thing for you and bink, throws that down, you, the devil will never be able to make that thing come back out again. I mean, and everybody looking around you will be like this. Mm. Jesus said this. I, he, he made a point, the Holy Spirit, to make me say this in John chapter 14, verse 23. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, that's what Daniel did. He purposed in his heart. You know, he didn't make fun of Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't make fun of the, the country he was living in or, or the government he was serving. In fact, he was loyal. He walked in humbleness. He walked in humility. And he walked in love, right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments And he said, me and the Lord, me and the Father, right? We will manifest ourselves and reveal ourselves to you. And that's exactly what happened with Daniel. Oh, 
Didn't, that's what they tried to do. He's sitting there praising the Lord. You praising, you're not praising Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to throw you in the lion's den, right? They set that whole thing up. Got, got everybody mad at him. And Daniel, he's, he, he never flinched, right? He stayed true. The way you get to that is what Pastor Justin was saying on Sunday. It, it comes by meditating on the Word of God and being intimate. That's how this happens. And you just praise him. You just, you just praise his words right back to him. Gets down on the inside and he starts building you up. And you start praying in the Holy Ghost and praising him. And that's why Daniel didn't flinch. He knew who he was. He knew who God was. He knew who his covenant. He understood that, right? Mm. Now, I want you to see verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever. Jesus is not an absentee king. He is a current king. He has an administration set up, and he is alive. Okay? Jesus is alive, okay? And I'm walking around the church about a couple months ago, and I'm just praising the name of the Lord, right? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts talking to me. And he says, the Lord is self-sufficient. He doesn't need some of the things you've been relying on. And he started dealing with me on that. I reign. He is a king. So what does a king have? He has a kingdom. He has a nation. We are ecclesia. We are a nation. And I want you to get this. We are a body of people inhabiting. And this is the definition from Webster's Dictionary of a nation. It's a body of people inhabiting the same country or united under the same sovereign or government. You are in the kingdom of heaven. You have a king. You are a citizen. You have rights. Okay? The blessing. You have rights. Okay? In the English nation, the French nation, and it happens that many nations are subject to one government. But there's other government. There's other nations that are under one government. Didn't didn't the Lord tell Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, get out of that system, get out of that place, Go to the place that I show you. I'm going to tell you how to live. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to make a nation. And in you, the seed of Jesus, right, is going to come. And in you, all the nations coming together are going to be blessed. Folks, we're a nation. We've got a king that is reigning right now. And if you do what Pastor Justin's saying and what he's been preaching, if you make him your Lord and begin to recognize his kingdom... And begin to have reverential respect for his word. I don't care what the government says. We've got transgender issues. We've got sexual identity issues going on. Okay. I know who my king is. I know who my Lord is. Right? I know what the word says. I know what the truth is. Okay? And I'm not afraid to stand on it. Look at Peter. They told him and John, you stop preaching that name. Don't you say that name of Jesus again. What did Peter do? He stood there with John and said, look, we love, basically, I'm going to do St. Joseph here translation. We love the Lord, guy. We love him, okay? We're going to do what he says to do. We're just going to live that way, right? I am a kingdom son, and I live in a kingdom, okay? These guys are in exile at the time this is written, and the Lord is telling them, I'm your king. 
You do what I say. You listen to what I say. Now, I'm not going to be a heretic. I'm not going to go around and start burning down buildings and things like that. No. But I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Right? I know who I am. And I know what the word says. So I'm going to purpose in my heart like Daniel not to allow myself to be defiled. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to do what Jesus did to that woman caught in the act of adultery. I'm going to use the word of God to set them free. Right? I'm going to do it so that, say it so that the Lord can take it and go, and throw it down there and their eyes open. Right? And they realize, oh man, I've been wrong. Jesus, you are Lord. Right? That's, we got a king. We got a king. And he's alive. And he is seated. He, He is seated above the Supreme Court. He is seated above any government. We are sojourners. We are nation, kingdom, nation people, right? Mm. Mm. His kingdom is within you. There's a lot of argument and speculation that goes on that, that, that they argue. Well, Jesus was just saying I was in the midst of you. But I read that same word. It's used twice in the Bible. And the other time he used it, he talked about a cup, cleaning the inside of the cup, within the cup, out. That Greek word he used to describe within, okay? I understand that Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, but you got the Lord living in on the inside of you. And where I go, Jesus goes because he's in me and I'm in him. The kingdom of heaven is in me, okay? It's in me. I know he's coming back. He goes on to explain, I'm going to come back, but it ain't going to be like what you say. You'll look over here, look over here. No, 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 it's not going to be that way. It's going to be like the lightning in the sky. Ooh, he's going to drown the sun when he comes. His light is so powerful, you won't even be able to see the sun. That's how powerful it is, right? You're going, you're going to know when Jesus comes, okay? The whole world is going to know when he comes, and that's what he's saying, okay? That's why he used lightning to describe it. Doesn't it light up the whole sky? Oh, yeah, you'll know when I come, okay? But he lives in you and is with you. You'll never be alone. Uh, Joshua? Walking around Jericho, right? They walk around. (laughs) I love this. Every time I read this, I love it. The Lord instructs them, just walk around the fortress. Just walk around it. The priest will blow the trumpet. They'll praise, right? The priest will blow the trumpet. They'll walk around. You do this for seven days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to do a shout, right? Oh, my. And so on the seventh day, they do it. And, boy, they let that shout out. They let that praise out. They let that roar of that cry come out that the Lord told them to say. I wonder what the word was. Maybe they just started screaming or shouting, you know, but he told them to shout, right? But when you know who you are and you're doing it at the commandment of the Lord, those sound waves, the Lord backed those things up, that whole thing fell down. Ooh, it fell down. And they went right in there. Mm. I want to see where else the Lord, oh, there's another scripture I want to say about this. Um, Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Pastor Justin had, had touched on this one. Um, and he also touched on Isaiah's. Well, I'll, we'll go to Isaiah 63. These will be the last two scriptures that I'll go over. But um, who's, when you look at that scripture and you go to 1 Peter 2, 9, you, you, are a chosen, selected, right? Draft choice. You're number one pick, right? You got Jesus, right? You are a chosen generation. Let that sink in for a second. You are a nation, right? You have a king. 
And you have been, when you got born again, you have been chosen by God, right? A royal priesthood, right? A holy nation. We're a nation, folks. We are a nation, an ecclesia, a body of people. And I'm telling you, we're seeing it move in our church right now. We are seeing this church come together. I'm telling you, people are being set free in here. People are walking out of here, getting the truth of the word. They're getting experience, equipped, and then they're going out and they're engaging. I'm telling you, things are happening. We got heart attack people with no evidence of heart attack anymore. We got guys getting shot that ain't getting killed. I'm telling you, it's happening in this church, and they're going to see it on you. We are a holy nation. We are an ecclesia. They're going to see it in you. They're going to see it in you at your workplace. They're going to see it in you when you go out. They're going to notice it. They're going to see it. That light's going to be shining. And the darker it gets in the world, the brighter that light that's on the inside of you is going to keep shining. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people, right? Oh, man, that word, you know, when they talked about it in uh, Malachi 3, that word peculiar, the Lord said, you're my treasure. I keep you in my pocket. You're my treasure, right? I guard you and I flash you. I show you, right? And I keep you in my pocket. You're secure. You're a peculiar people, man. You're uncommon. I mean, oh, the whole earth is groaning for us to be who we are and who we're called to be, right? That you should show forth the, there's that word praise again. Let's boast on them, folks. That's what I do when I, you praise. Oh, you're boasting on the Lord. Who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ. But praising him who have called you out of darkness. Oh, there it is. Called you out of darkness into that marvelous Light, Oh, man. It's in you. I'm telling you right now. Start spending time with the Lord. The Lord's going to use you in your workplace. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. So it's going to come out of them. When we used to go out and evangelize, one of the things we used to say is, as a joke is, people are going to come up to you and they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? They don't even realize that they're doing it. You're, it's just, you're going to pull it out of them. They're going to start talking about sickness. They're going to start talking about something going on in their life. It's going to come out, start coming out of their mouth. And you're going to say, hey, can I pray with you? Oh, it's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. The Lord, you're going to have your eyes opened. You're going to see it. And you're going to start saying it. You're going to start praying for people right there in your workplace. <laughs> and the Lord's going to show up, right? I'm sitting there one time in a staff meeting. Uh, General Weber comes over. And he's a man of God, loves the Lord. Won the bronze star. Um, this is an awesome guy, right? And he comes over, and um, I'm sitting there in a meeting. And the Holy Spirit comes on me and wants me to start praising his name. Lord, I'm in the middle of a briefing right now. The general is right here, right? And you want me to start praising your name right now? I didn't do it, right? I, you know, I, I, I just didn't do it. The Lord got all over me. Well, later on that night, we go out fishing, catch a nice big old you know, this, this huge tuna. And, um, we chop that little guy up and we start having fish fry that night. Come find out the man loves the Lord, right? I didn't know that. Right. But if I would have listened to the Lord, start praising him right there in the workplace, he's telling me to do it. Right. It's not like I'm doing this on my own. Okay. He told me to do it. And so that's when I had to start learning to be obedient, even in the workplace. And that's the, and then the next time it happened, it was general uh, well, Sturdivant, it was, was the general's name. He was the Marine general. And that's when he had me pray over his ear. Okay, Lord, I'll do it. It's going to happen in the workplace, guys. It's going to happen in the workplace. It, it's going to happen. You're going to be used by the Lord. He's going to use you, right? And then we're going to hear your testimony. Mm. 
I'm just going to read these real fast for you. I, I, I went down a whole bunch of lists of, of praises to the Lord and what happened. But I just want to share some of my favorites. About, I'm just going to read these, okay? So we don't have to put these up. But in First Chronicles chapter 15 and 16, when David brings the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, and they line that whole road system, they go six paces and they're praising the Lord, and then they do a sacrifice, and then they go six paces more and they're praising the Lord, and they're doing a the sacrifice, and they're rotating shifts, and this is going on 24 hours. And it's going night and day until it finally gets into Jerusalem. And then when it gets into Jerusalem, the whole city hears it. And they're praising the name of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant is with them, right? The presence of God is with them. And they're celebrating and they're praising the name of God, right? Can you imagine what that must have looked like when you're going down I-35? And every six six paces, you see a burnt offering altar there. And you see people setting up the next one. And they're all praising the Lord. Oh, it, it just gets me excited. And David, he brings the ark of the Lord. He wears his best clothes. Ooh, he put his best on, right? Of course, he takes it off afterwards and starts dancing, right? But, yeah, but he put his best. I won't do that. Here, but, but he put his best on, right? He starts making the moves after that, right? But, I mean, he put his best on, right? And he starts praising the Lord, right? Mm. I mean, come on. I mean, ooh. Oh, and, and Danny and Devorah, oh, he does something else. He gets the master of songs, whose name is Henaniah, and he gets him to write songs. And so they, they're writing music while they're doing this. And I, we, I pray right now over our choir and over our worship team and our, and our leaders in the name of Jesus and everyone that's in the worship choir in the name of Jesus and on the worship team in the name of Jesus, that it's like that. And I mean, things open in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mm. And then in First uh, Chronicles 23, verse 5, before David leaves, one of his last orders, I really like this, what his orders were, is he ordered 4,000 horns, flutes. I mean, think of horns, flutes, stringed instruments, and he orders them to be created. Okay? Now, at this time, everybody's dancing around campfires, beating drums, right? But David makes an orchestra and gets a conductor and the Levites are trained and they're skilled musicians and the, and it's going on night and day. He instructs the Levites day and night to praise the Lord. And then he orders those instruments to be made. And all of Israel hears, all of Jerusalem, I mean, is hearing this music coming in the temples. And that thing is huge. And you know that the, the sound is coming out of that thing. He made an orchestra. An orchestra. When everybody else in the world may be playing a flute here or there or, or dancing around a fire with a drum. And here Israel has orchestras and songwriters and praise worship going on. And they're praising the Lord. An orchestra. Oh, man. When I saw that, and they're doing daily praises to the Lord. <clears throat> Think of... Uh, Paul and Silas, when they're in those chains. Oh, I always love that. And they start praising the Lord. And it just builds and it builds and it builds. And then the ground shakes. The windows open, right? The doors open. The chains fall off. Everybody gets born again and they get saved. Thank you so much, Lord. And I just want you to know so much how much the Lord loves you. And I just want you to know so much. How, what a joy and a privilege it is, Pastor Justin, to be part of this team, to be part of this leadership, and, and to have such a wonderful pastor, to have such wonderful people here. 
and that we pray for each other and that we're loving one another. And the excitement, I get passionate with the Lord. Oh, I get passionate with him and I get excited with the Lord and I'm not ashamed of him, right? And Jesus said, don't be ashamed of me, right? Don't be ashamed of me when I talk to you. Don't be ashamed of my word. Just listen to me. I'll tell you how to respond, okay? Because that's what I do. If I'm in a situation and somebody's saying something that's contrary to the word of the God and they, to God and they keep doing it, or they're trying to say something to me and they're trying to get me to do something that I know isn't right, Lord, how do I respond to this situation? What? Tell me what to say. That's what Jesus did, right? As I hear, I judge. And then the Lord tells me how to respond to it. It's so important. I want you to understand that your praise is so powerful. It's commonly. And when you praise the Lord, when you take his written word and you say it back to him and you begin to speak it over your life, the testimonies, the the things that will happen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you. We give praises to you, Lord. We praise your name because you created heaven and earth. You created us. You raised us up with you. You let us sit with you, Jesus. We sit together with you in the heavenly places. We're partakers with you. We have an unction, as the Bible says. We have a call to the anointing, which is what that is when you read that, Lord. We have an anointing. We get to partake of your anointing, Lord. You're our king, Jesus. You're a living, reigning king. And we are your ambassadors. We are your ecclesia. We are a nation of people. A nation that has come together that magnify your name. And we do it in love. And you're going to give us encounters when we go out in the workplace. You're going to give us encounters when we go home. When we walk out these doors, you're going to give us encounters. And Lord, we're going to be quick to hear your voice. And we're going to say, yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say in this situation? And I'll say it, Lord. And you'll tell us what to say. You'll tell us what to do in Jesus' name. And we'll start praising the Lord. We'll start praising your name. We'll praise your name in the morning. We'll praise your name in the evening, Jesus. And we receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen.